Hello, everyone, and welcome to Note to Scene, a music news podcast covering everything from pop punk to metalcore. I'm Matt Crane. I'm Tyler Sharp. And welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen, where every week we discuss and debate all the biggest news stories in the music scene. Find more episodes of this show on Apple Podcasts, where you should please rate and review us. Email us at note2scene at gmail.com. This week, we're going to be doing something special and counting down our most anticipated scene albums of 2018. Some heavy hitters in there. New year, new music. Let's go. We're back, Tyler. Note to scene 2018. How you feeling, man? New year. Is this? It's going to be the year that makes or breaks the scene. I have my. Uh, I have this my. This is doubts. the last one, man. This is the last warp. <laughs> this is it. I mean, it's all in. We, right? The scene's got to go all in this year, and as we're going to find out over the course of this episode, it is because we got some heavy hitters it, yeah. to talk about. This is uh but this is the last this is the last chance, guys. This I mean, is if it. we I really mean... want to keep this scene alive, you gotta I don't know, do something. <laughs> you gotta... somehow. So buy wanna, some uh, CDs. Maybe. If, <laughs> yeah. I wanna apologize to uh we, we gotta issue a little noticing apology to uh Ty Accord uh from the band issues, formerly of the band issues. Uh apparently took issue with the fact that I uh referred to him as a SoundCloud rapper on our issues episode we did where we talked about uh michael bone the screamer getting kicked out of the band and uh so i just wanted to apologize for that because you know i looked doing the research at his twitter he is a soundcloud (laughs) musician you know who has rapped in the past and is willing to rap in the future (laughs) but doesn't currently rap but makes music on soundcloud so uh, we want to make sure we're very accurate here at Note to Scene and issue our apologies to uh, Mr. Accord. Um, and I got I got to admit, dude, doing the research for that issues episode, you know, I just saw his Twitter, saw all of his music was on SoundCloud, clicked a SoundCloud thing, heard a weird beat. I'm like, dude's a SoundCloud rapper. Just you know, just figured how it was with the times. And you never even said it like you were describing him as fact on the right. show. You said it in passing after I said something. It's just, you know, further goes to show how these band bros really act. Notice how I mean that he didn't comment at all on the fact of the topic of the episode, i.e. Michael being gone from yeah. the band. <laughs> yeah, weird. I mean, as that band goes down in flames. Weirdly, though, dude, I didn't even notice Ty Accord is like, and like Zed are like all signed to the same label. And like, there's Ty a thing Accord's going on. Being, they're, they're, yeah, they're making him a thing. He's on like electric festivals and stuff. Like, there's a really thing. interesting sidebar. Bro might have a career. But, um, okay, so we had a lot to cover with our most anticipated scene albums of 2018. So, no listener questions this week. Sorry. And we're just going to get right into it. The 14 most anticipated scene albums of 2018 before we do uh gotta give your shouts to all press um shouts to m shay shouts to jp pile of the bulldog everybody over there absolutely you know the alternative press really does the legwork in reporting and learning about all these releases you know before they come out and they've been doing it for years that's how we learn when our favorite bands are dropping albums is ap gets the scoop and you read about it in ap Mm -hmm. and um so just got to 
Just got to thank them for that, because without that, we wouldn't know about a lot of these releases coming out. Okay, so uh, let's start at number 14, Tyler Sharp. Number 14, most anticipated scene album, from first to last. (laughs) How sure are we on this, homie? I have no confirmation if it's going to be a quote-unquote album, as in full length, or if it's going to be an EP we know for a fact that there is at least one new song because they played yeah. it at the emo night fest a few about yeah. a month and a half back and it sounded fire but other than that we don't have anything like confirmed yet i am 85 percent sure it's a full-length album okay from All everything right. i've been able to piece together but yeah i'm not at 100 percent. that's why it's so low on the list because i but i can guarantee you at least an ep we are talking EP to full length. For sure. Some A musical release is happening. <laughs> it's, it's basically confirmed. It's just the length that is up for debate. But I'm pretty sure it's the full length and it's coming. That's huge, you know? The OG, I'm... you know, the original Sleeping with Sirens. The OG freaking emo kids are coming back with Sonny Moore, a.k.a. Skrillex. It is know? a big, it, it's a massive deal. And uh, from what I've heard, I've heard some rumors. Again, this isn't confirmed, but we're getting a new song soon, quote unquote. Soon, so yeah. I've, we'll heard, I've heard that too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll see um, what happens. Stuff... I'm sure it's going to be the, the song that they played at uh the emo night fest which is called surrender and you can go look up videos on youtube of it it sounds great you know sunny not much planned for skrillex in 2018 so it kind of um it makes sense i think you might see a tour so from first to last might come try to just take back the scene you know (laughs) that's definitely what i want to hear emily i want to hear note to self right right could you all i want in 2018 as the scene goes down is for sunny Moore to be on an empty stage with an acoustic guitar singing emily is that too much to ask that's a good that's a good way to lay it to bed i am down with that i think so i'm I'm in so my my one my one question for you matt does from first to last with sunny Moore? play a warp at least one warp to her date this year. oh i thought you were gonna ask do they include philip reardon on one oh, show my God. <laughs> <laughs> new tragic reunion new tragic or john, opening or john weisberg let's get let's get john weisberg right? back up in here dude let's get uh what's his name fucking let's get west borland back from man. Limp on, let's, let's do it yeah that was yep. my favorite incarnation of the band when they just had the limp biscuit guy in there for some reason i was down with that 2005 like, he... 2006 yeah, oh six. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Good times, man. Good yeah. Times. Wes is apparently a really nice guy, actually. That's like he's nothing like good. So do you think they'll um, play a warp tour date? If not, um, the whole tour? Man. Could you imagine? You know, yeah, you know, I've heard a couple weird things about warp tours, so I don't know. Same. Warp, that's a whole other thing we're gonna have to Same. get into soon is warp tour and how the fuck that's gonna go down. But uh-huh. I don't know that they're gonna do it. I think they might be doing their own thing. It's tough. Yeah. Yeah, I could see. I think there's going to be a from first to last tour. You know what I'm saying? Gosh, like a, who even opens a, a that? A diary, you know? Um, who opens that? That's a good question. Um, Hawthorne Heights, Red Jumpsuit Apparatus? No, no too trash, <laughs> too trash. No, no legacy there. Oh, my um, gosh. Like, Escape the Fate with Ronnie. Oh, <laughs> you know, like, come on, maybe? man. I mean, like, if, if, if you got, if, if you were able to get Ronnie and escape the fate, then I say yeah. go for it, but no yeah. fucking way with Craig. Okay. That would just be terrible. No, not with Craig, obviously. No, not this escape. I'm saying if you were like the, literally the old escape the fate with okay. Max, Ronnie, All I right. think 
All right. You know, they were I'd so, be down with that. They were so descendant from, you know, you know, they took, they stole so much from them and just kind of combined it with hair metal that. Totally. It could make sense. We've spent uh, too much time on our, our little ranking <laughs> fan. Okay. Number 13, Tyler Sharp. The number 13 most anticipated album, Knocked Loose. Um, the boys. This is coming out on Noise again, right? Yep. As far as we know, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So this is where you sell me on Knocked Loose, Tyler Sharp. So Laugh Tracks, their debut album, was released in 2016, and it yep. did 4,300 first week. It has sold 12,000 traditional copies on the cycle. They have tons of online hype. I mean, their streaming numbers aren't crazy, but they're reputable for a lower-level hardcore band, and that's what mm-hmm. they are. This album, like you've told me in conversations off the episode, Knocked Loose has to write their version of Bring Me the Horizon Suicide Season. They just seem like they're right at that point, you know, where what Bring Me did from, mm-hmm. you know, the Pray, Pray for Plagues era to Suicide Season. Knock Loose are right there. If right. they make, because like you said, they have low streaming numbers, you know, they're still a low level like hardcore band, Absolutely. but they have this so much hype and awareness and exposure mm-hmm. right now that if they put out just a fucking bopper of an album, you know, something that fucking moves and is fun and it's catchy. It'll catapult they them. Could, yeah, they could be the next Bring Me, you know? There's... And before you know it, five years down the road, you see your man Brian, like, in a drown video. You know what I mean? <laughs> Sing it. Like, imagine that shit. But, like, that, you know, that sounded just as crazy probably to old school Bring Me fans, you know, if you would have told them that 10 totally, years ago. You know? Totally. I want to live in that real, world. There's a real path for this band, and they have to do it on this exactly, album and exactly that, you know it's coming out on pure noise and and i don't know i'd be lying if i said i wasn't worried too but but like we're saying you know bring me made the transition from a deathcore band to a metalcore band knock loose have to make the transition from a hardcore band to a metalcore band in yeah. their own way like suicide season doesn't sound like your average metalcore record and no, in 2008 it was way before its time and yeah, there's really it's There's, a fun, jammy record is what it is. There so wasn't really another to. scene metalcore album that sounded like Suicide no, Season. It, it was, was so it was, bouncy it, it was so still, catchy. There was still the essence of Deathcore there. You know, he would right. drag those vocals and you're like, oh, I remember when that was sick. You know, like, right. it, it felt a little dangerous still. Yeah. And so Knock Loose need to feel dangerous still, but they need to do a pop. Mike, I have a question for you. Can Brian sing? TBD. TBD. <laughs> <laughs> we, like, yeah. we don't know any home shows or anything you haven't heard you never I, heard him never he's he's a pretty shy guy and he's come a little bit more out of his shell as the band has grown but back in the day when i would see them play you know basements and garages he, he was a pretty shy guy and he wouldn't really so, ever come out of his shell that much especially on stage i mean he's he's he stayed with those high-pitched screams the entire time so i wonder like if he can sing that gets me real fucking excited. Same. I want to hear a Knocked Loose song with clean vocals. like, dude's low-key kind of a poster boy. Like, totally. let's just face it. Absolutely. Uh, he's got very pretty hair uh-huh. for a man. Uh-huh. And um, if he can sing and be a front man, and this band can put out some catchy tracks, there's, just, like, excitement there. Um, there's definitely a potential that I'm really ex- excited quote, for. But... Uh, Cody gave all press. He said, I'm having mm. uh, pretty bad writer's block. Mm-hmm. It's pretty discouraging. So that's a little worrying. A little but, bit. Um, but, I mean, 
they can play with Agnostic Front on the weekend for the rest of forever. You know, like that's cool. That's okay. cred. But I mean, do you want to have to work a real job for the rest of your life too and be in a band? <laughs> like be the big band you can be, Knocked Loose. I believe yeah. in you. You have an opportunity <laughs> here. It's like you are my only hope. <laughs> this All right. Is it. <laughs> number, let's move on. Number number 12 uh, is Water Parks. The album Entertainment is coming out uh, January 26th via Eagle Vision. We've heard the lead single, Blonde, which Tyler and I gushed about on an earlier episode. Uh, mm-hmm. You can go listen to it. It's called um, Our Water Parks, The Next All-Time Low, or something, some bullshitty title that we would do like that. <laughs> and um, we heard the singles, uh, we heard the single Lucky People as well. So, uh, you know, Stupid For You was a hit for the band, but the album Double Dare flopped. Didn't Hard. sell anything. Sold nine thousand um, on the cycle, and it did two thousand yeah, no. first week. Total flop. But the band had been getting the blowout press coverage. Um, Blonde is a legitimately great single, I think, Agreed. and it has sort of put them in this spot where they 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 kind of feel a little like an all time low ascendant, but like a bit more emo. And I checked their Spotify plays, and impressively, they are up to two hundred forty thousand monthly Spotify listeners. So like that's way bigger than where they were a few months ago. So there there is some growth. I feel like I'm finally actually seeing some growth happening. So outside of uh, the new songs, like like you just said, we loved Blonde. It's a fun song. Eight out of ten for me. I was really surprised, and I hated to give Water Parks the recognition, but they deserved it. Um, the second single was a flop. It was an acoustic song, horrible move by the label. And that's where I want to start my angle is that Equal Vision is apparently botching this release hard. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen Austin's tweets lately, but he sent out a slew of them yesterday, I believe it was, um, that he deleted. And it started with, quote, fuck an incompetent label, officially fully disgusted, a thousand fuck yous endlessly. And then he quoted an Equal Equal Vision Records tweet uh, promoting the album, saying only 20 more days till entertainment. And he says, quote, fix your gross, careless mistakes you made with my art that I've almost ruined myself over, and it'll be even (laughs) more worth the wait. Fucking excuse. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's been slamming Equal Vision. It's no secret he's not happy there. Let's have the Equal Vision talk, you know? Equal Vision Records used to be fucking Chiodos, you know, fucking mm-hmm. peak We Came as Romans. Right. You know what I mean? They, they used to be a powerhouse record label, Pierce the Valley. You know, this used to be a big label. They're 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 just they're not a big label anymore. It they don't have power. They don't. What are the bands? Who are all the? Name me some of those weirdo bands they've been signing lately that you're just like, what? Why? You know, it's like. They're just not a big label. They they can't compete with a hopeless or a fearless or a rise. Right. Which is kind of why you wonder when you look at water parks. Okay, so like you might not like water parks. You might not get it. But in a certain world, you can see how water parks could be one of these kind of bands to save the scene if they blew up, Ugh. you know, like just the younger all time low. Like we might need another one, you know, and um you would wonder why that kind of band would be signed to a label like Equal Vision. Like, that seems like a mistake to me, it, that they were signed I, to such a small label. Like, they should be on Hopeless with an upstream, you know, to a major. I agree. Cooked into their contract. 
I totally agree. Because if we're um, going to do the full commercial push like we have with this band, you know, and it's weird to me. I just wonder if they signed that deal before, you know, the Madden Brothers were managing them. I think they did, the Mad- absolutely. Okay, because you just went for the guys from Good, Char- Good Charlotte, the Madden Brothers are managing them, and you just, they're, they are some of the best managers out there. You wouldn't think they would have let their band sign to a small label, like 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 Equal, Equal Vision, even yeah. though they used to powerhouse right water parks released an ep that no one even remembers on equal vision like right a few years ago so I, I guarantee it was before the madden brothers ever got their hands on them but pop punk the- is a dying world man like these guys I, i'm just convinced that these guys are going to exist in their bubble for a few more album cycles and then they're just going to fade away i just don't think there's a home for pop punk anymore hmm. i don't know about that but um, I mean, just think about all the things that we've talked about on the show. We kind of have two different worlds of pop punk existing right now. We have the quote unquote new wave, which is becoming the old wave yeah. of neck deep knuckle. Punk the, no, so yeah, the, the like old rusted wave now. Like, right. Of right. Real friends and shit. The new but, old like, wave. Yeah. And then you have the new new wave who just they're just basically local bands. Right. I mean, they're not they just they're not big. You right. know, if you're talking you, we about. have these new neon bands like that's what they are. Yeah. It's it's water parks. It's in a weird world. Sleep on it. And equal with vision confidence. Is, with confidence. Uh, well, like not, anymore. Scale, not anymore. Uh, Atlant- What's the Atlantic band? Uh, something Atlantic. Like Pacific, sorry, like, <laughs> different ocean. <laughs> different ocean. <laughs> you know, like all the all the new pop up, they're too small. You know, Willoway, like they're That's all the too. Problem. That's the problem. They're too small. Um, as far as Equal Vision they, is concerned, Johnny Minardi was an A and R there, and he left to go back yeah. to where he used to work, Fueled by Ramen. And to me, it just feel like ever since he announced his departure from Equal Vision, that record has been on the downslope. And A and Rs don't prop record labels up. I mean that much as far as after signing bands uh, but equal vision is botching these releases pretty hard i mean i think johnny is a great anr as well and i'm sure he's gonna do great things at at, uh fbr but Uh i think equal vision has been sucking long before he left but he was doing name the last man uh, well he made yeah he made some he made nothing nowhere nowhere. yeah that's a dope thing but like name the last like viable thing equal vision has yeah, done I to mean, sustain itself as a business they haven't but he was when he was working on that label he was thinking long term and these bands yeah. have potential and the label's just fucking it over i'm just thinking like name the, what's the last thing they did and we you're gonna come back to we car that's yeah. it that's not it's like it's all they got and that was too long ago you know they just didn't stay ahead of the curve um we're talking about a band right oh, okay water parks yeah <laughs> um anything else to say on water park c sharp although i'm i'm really interested to hear this record like I'm this worried. could be a, it could be a savior it could be a game changer it could be botched by evr i don't know i'm worried and i just don't think this band is going to matter in five years it's all possible man um, it is. they could it is. they could not we'll matter see. in five years or they, or we could have a golden renaissance and they could be the next all-time low i i really hope they Either prove me possible. wrong because they got point... it like the engagement is there like this I fan base is it. small but really engaged. As much so as I would promising. hate it, if a water parks blow up could reignite the scene, look, I, would I take didn't it. like, I didn't fucking like when Forever the Sickest Kids were the biggest band in the world Dude. and they were on the cover of AP. But I liked the fact that fuck, you know, I put up with that garbage music because I wanted a scene to survive. Underdog alma mater is a hundred times better than anything Water Parks has written in their entire career. That album I would take, is a I would take any Water Park song over every no, Forever the Seas Kids. No, anything like that, that first Forever the Seas Kids album dude, is garbage. But that first light album, that discography on fire. Seriously, no, 
you're wrong there. We're not going to get into war over Forever the Sickest Kids here. <laughs> the, we at least agree they were the worst neon band. I never agreed with that. Of the big ones? Well, I think the main and Mayday and All Time Low are like better than them. Way better that than them. That first album was great, man. And you'll never get me off that boat. I think They're there the were... Worst. There were there were a lot worse lower level bands like Sing It Loud oh, yeah. and Rocket That's to the not, Moon. I'm ta- you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you know, know. what I'm talking, the I'm talking about. The big boys. The big sure. boys. They're the worst ones, right? But if you think about all the neon bands, they all sucked after the first album. Minus All Time Low-ish. You know? <laughs> yeah, ish. <laughs> Real ish there. Like, it's hard-ish. I mean, we had the um, Put Up or Shut Up EP. We had So Wrong It's Right and Nothing Personal. Yeah. I mean, those were gold records, man. Like, those are great music on there. Yeah, and then you had like this like extended neon universe of like the ready set and Oof. uh yeah, I just like, Love exten- like yeah. whoa. Dude, that was like a top ten pop hit, man. They played that on MTV. Borderline like, nuclear. Shouts, shouts to the boy. I met him. He's actually like really nice. Really he's, nice dude. He's from Fort Wayne, Indiana, and he used to be the drummer for a melodic hardcore band called Saints Never Surrender yeah. that were on the label that I work for right now. Blood and So Anchor. chill. Super he's, nice dude. He's a down to earth guy. Yeah, really down to earth. Wasn't expecting that. Um, what band are we talking about? Water Parks. Still, okay, I we got to move, move on. Okay. <laughs> Number 11, Against the Current. Okay, so Against the Current have an album coming out on Feel by Ramen this year. So this band, they blew up kind of doing their YouTube cover star thing. And why I think they're going to matter and be important is because they got a big following on YouTube. But like... Chrissy, their lead singer, she has a fucking amazing voice. And the band of, uh, like, her, as a celebrity, her profile has really increased. Like, she just has this really dedicated following. And um, she takes up a lot of, like, positive causes for women. Um, she's kind of become a leader for younger girls. Uh, mm-hmm. She talks a lot very openly and kind of bravely about her eating disorder she used to have, where she... I, I, I don't want to say she had anorexia because I don't know all the proper terminology, but that is basically what I think she talks about. She had a very serious eating disorder, and um, she's always posting positive messages for girls. And um, so this band put out this EP called Gravity uh, a few years ago, and it was fucking brilliant. Um, you had songs like uh, like Talk, um, Paralyzed, the, the, the title track, they, they were all, they, the band sounded like they were ready to be the next Paramore. And then they signed to Fueled by Ramen, and they put out a full length that fucking sucked. <laughs> and now this is starting to become a little bit of a trend, right? We're seeing, like, they kind of did exactly what an all-time low did, mm-hmm. you know? Like, they signed to Fueled by Ramen, and it was like, oh, this kind of seems like the perfect deal, right? Against the current FBR, all-time low FBR. Mm-hmm. And then the album comes out, and it's shit. And uh, it was really disappointing. I think they're. I think they know the mistakes they made, and I think they're ready to rebound. So I hope so. I will listen to this album, but this is not my band. This is totally your band, and I feel like you only gravitated this band because you needed to fill a void that Versa Emerge left. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, next band, number ten, Dance Gavin Dance. Tyler, I'm gonna let you take this one away. Cool, yeah. Wait, first wait, 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 before you take it away. Okay. Are they staying with Rise Records for this one? As far as I know. I, I'm like ninety percent sure they're staying with Rise. Like, unfortunately. Like, where the fuck else are they gonna go? I guess I I don't know. So the last album, 
did 19,000 first week, and it has done 42,000 on the cycle. This band is the biggest they've ever been, and that is the most exciting thing that I pretty much got out of the scene in 2017. <laughs> and the new album is already done. This is going to be their ninth album, and this band is the biggest <laughs> they've ever been. That is so exciting to me. And they released a Lucy single uh, before Warp Tour last summer called Summertime Gladness, and it was great. This band just always pumps out quality content faster than anyone else. I'm so stoked for this new album. You know, I'm really happy for them. And I, I, they are great musicians. It's just, they're just good at I, music. I, I, I'm, I, I'm done with it. You know, you know, uh, and it's not like, a, it's not like, a, it's not like I'm over it. It's not like I'm over it. It's just, I don't know. You know, like I enjoyed it. Like probably Downtown Battle Mountain 2. Anything post that, I'm just, you know, I'm just, Come on, man. Acceptance Speech was iffy, but the two albums after that have been great. I really loved everything I got from this band, and I felt like I got enough. You know, and I (laughs) I see them doing good things now, and I'm happy for them. You know, I just, I don't need to be a part of it. It's just kind of not my, it doesn't, they haven't really put anything that just got me super stoked or pulled me back in yet. But like, I just hear it, and I'm like, yeah, that's a really good Dance Gavin Dance song. But um, yeah, the success can't be denied. Like they're a, that's a steady ship in a very very rocky sea that we're currently going through in the scene. You know? Hell yeah! Who would have thought Dance Gavin Dance would be the band to survive the scene? <laughs> <laughs> no way, man! I mean, like, look what a shit show they were. We they go were back, the most uh, dysfunctional band yeah, ever. Yeah, let's go back ten. God, have they been around ten years? That's wild. Yeah, I mean, they released whatever I say yeah. is Royal Ocean in like two thousand and six, I think. Yeah, let's go back 10 years and look at what a shit show that band was and Ooh. see where they are now. The, the most cleanest, professional... Yeah, they got like a sheen know, over them now. Right, we don't got Johnny falling over on stage anymore. You know what I mean? Oh we don't, my it's, god. It's a whole new world. I recently, you know, I recently went back uh, a few weeks ago while I was on break and I watched the first show they played with Johnny back right before they did Downtown Battle Mountain 2. And he's wasted the entire time. He can barely sing the words. I apologize for... You know, whatever role I played Same. in in propping 100%. up Johnny Craig, but I just I love those records, man. Downtown, ba- like that's my jam. I love those OG Dance Gavin Dance records. I love those tracks to death. Everyone I love does. Johnny's voice on them. I just Lemon Ring Tie Man. I mean, I just like I will jam it. It's a classic, you know. It is. Times New Roman, obviously. That's cool that Tillian plays those songs live. Like he's totally down. Tillian, that's the whole. Interesting. <laughs> we gotta do the playing cast. I totally. mean, you know how many bands and hundreds. Been in. Right? But, okay, so we gotta go on to our next band, which is number nine. Real Friends are putting out. I want to say it's their third full length, right? Correct. Um, and it's coming out on Fearless Records. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's kind of where we are with Real Friends right now. You know, they were the new wave pop punk band in 2014, right? They were the hot fucking shit too, and now they're part of this class that who used to be the new wave, and now they're kind of becoming the <laughs> old wave. Like, it's crazy how this happens so fast. So their debut album, Fearless, maybe this place sold, like, 10,000 first week, which yep. was impressive coming from a you know, coming from an unsigned band. But it, it just, like, at the time, felt like it was supposed to set the world on fire, mm-hmm. you know? And it was supposed to be, like, you know, they were supposed to blow up like a fallout boy, and they just didn't. And then their next record that came out, um, The Home Inside of My Head, sold 9,000 copies. So not only is the band stagnated, they have now decreased in sales. So it's like, it, it just doesn't look good for Real Friends. It, it seems like Real Friends have gotten less relevant every six months, consistently. 
Absolutely. I have super low hopes for this album, despite actually liking the most recent Lucy single that they released. I thought that was a decent cut, but I mean, the, their newest, their last album sold about 20,000 traditional copies on the cycle, and they're trying. They went to LA to write these new songs for this new album. They're recording now, or they might be done, or they might be going back. I'm not sure, but I really think this band missed their shot. And they're just on the yeah. downslope now. They're they're just kind of throwing darts at the board to see what sticks at this point, if they can get anything. And I don't think they will. See, the thing about this band is Kyle's always kind of been very honest about how they're fake. You know, like they're really sure. just playing at kids' emotions. It's a very purpose, purposeful emo, nostalgic thing they're doing. So, and I I think Kyle gave the quote to AP for most anticipated. He said, uh. I feel like on the last record, at some points, we sort of lacked that energy. I think there's a little bit more of a catchiness to the newer stuff. So if we're going to go back to that really catchy EP shit, you know, that could be a good move for the band. Maybe that's what they need to do. Just do just like a surprise EP of just really old school, catchy, real friends jams. That might be a better move for them at this point than just dropping a full length. God, I don't know. Like, went win, win over some good, went over some goodwill back from your fans. You know what I mean? Sounds so unconfident. Like he doesn't sound. I he's think these songs are kind of. When you talk to him in person, he's not. Like oh, I know. Like they guy. grew up playing in Northwest Indiana and in the suburbs of Chicago playing shows, and he was in a bunch of failed bands before Real Friends. But um, yeah. He, I just, the band doesn't seem stoked about this. The, why should I be? I don't know. I'm not excited about this album. Yeah, I haven't been excited about Real Friends in a, in a very long time. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they, they're they the ultimate letdown for me. Because at one totally. point, they were just the hottest shit. Mm-hmm. Every fucking tour wanted to book them. We want we wanted them on the cover of our magazine. Every fucking, like, li- every, li- every scene label wanted them at one point. You know what I mean? And they were like, nope. And uh, it was just such a disappointment to see them kind of become this just mid-tier, low-level band they've become when they they could have been something huge. They totally. they really had the hype. Totally. Um, and and they, they brought up Knucklepuck, which that's a crime. You know what I mean? They <laughs> they fucking they introduced Knucklepuck into the They're world. They're paying and for that, their uh, sins at this point. Yeah, that that maybe that's why. You know, this is karma's a bitch and karma's biting back. You know, oh, you, you brought us Knucklepuck, so you suffer. All right, Tyler, let's let's move on to our number eight most anticipated scene album of 2018 and that is i prevail which is coming out this year on fearless records again i don't want to talk about this band (laughs) i know you don't (laughs) want to talk about this band and it's funny because they're the scene band that isn't a scene band they don't belong here and they don't want to be here yes let let me let me run let me run the stats because i gotta give the shouts gotta shout the stats totally lifelines their most recent album sold 20,000 copies first week. Bam. It's gone on to sell over 100,000 copies. Bam. Their single alone was a massive rock radio hit. Mm-hmm. Bam. All of a sudden, they're Fearless Records' biggest band. I mean, they're right there with Pierce. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, how much has Misadventure sold? Not that much higher than 100,000, right? Like, no. I think they're at like they're, one- 20 or 130 and I alone I, alone was a bigger rock radio hit than circles so oh, it's absolutely. like yeah i prevail are kind of they might be the number one band on fearless now if you think about it 
my biggest thing is like i said they they don't want to be here and the scene obviously doesn't want them i'll I'll never forget when we're looking back at i prevail's history i'll never forget watching bless the falls set at warp tour 20 what was last year 17 and they had intersecting sets at the very end of the day and i prevails got over before bless the falls and there was just this stream of kids walking out and just walking right by bless the falls set and leaving the the grounds and uh i i think it was bo that got on the mic one of the members of bless the fall got on the mic and they were like looks like i prevails sets over time to go home and then and then bo got on there <laughs> and he just started screaming loser at all of the all of the kids walking by which is how you can tell that your band is over when you start yelling yeah. loser at other fans but yeah i mean they, they sold a hundred thousand traditional there's copies. there's a reason bless the fall will not be appearing on this list <laughs> <I'm noticing laughs> yeah. this spoiler alert bless the fall is absent but um bless the fall canceled absolutely yeah the new but, um, album so, it's huge uh but the thing is they fucking suck dude like they're <laughs> so bad they're not good at music at all. Oh my god! They are, and I just I don't understand it. But I hear these beautiful stories about like you know the dad and the daughter uh-huh. are both liking the same band and going to Warp Tour and seeing them. I'm like that's and I'm like that's fucking cool. And I back that. I'm just like I just I don't know. I can see how alone connects on rock radio with like the dude driving in his truck. I get that. It's a rock radio ballad. The rest of the music, though, man, it just even their Taylor Swift cover. I'll go all the way back to that. It still sounds amateurish to me. They just sound like amateurs. They sound bad. I'm not mad. I'm glad somebody's doing something for the scene. I'm glad somebody's selling some some records here. You know what I mean? I'm glad somebody's moving units. I'm glad somebody's repping on radio for the scene. I'm happy for this band and their success. It's just I have to point out that they are awful musicians. So. I thought a lot about I Prevail while I've been on That's break for the holidays. That's a terrible thing to say. I know That's it is. That's a terrible thing to say, Tyler Sherry. I know it is, and I'm I'm kind of ashamed what, of it. That's such a bad use of your time. I'm reading this incredible book called uh, The Science of Popularity in the Age of Distraction. And it's, long story short, it's kind of based on this uh, theory called, called the Maya concept. And Maya is an acronym that stands for Most Advanced Yet acceptable and i think you can interchange acceptable with accessible and it still make means the same thing but both angles work so when you apply that to i prevail when they had their videos go viral on facebook they reached the metal bro crowd they reached the crowd that a data remember didn't reach because the metal bros think scene music is garbage like inherent Mm -hmm. garbage just because of the way people dress i don't really understand it but they just do and that's, you know, rock radio's mentality towards Warp Tour and alternative press and our world. So I Prevail was able to tap into the crowd that a data remember could have, but also couldn't have because of the way a data remember looked, I guess. Um, and we see a data remember trying to tap into this crowd now. And I think that's what's crazy is that a data remember is trying to get the Avenged Sevenfold crowd, whereas I Prevail has come up in the scene, but already has yeah, that crowd. They already got it. Right. And it's just, it's that's just, why they're huge. It, it, 
it's bizarre because that that crowd has so many better options. Like even the worst <laughs> cock rock bands are it's, just better professional musicians than these dudes. You but know if what you I mean? bring these it back, dudes... if you bring it back to that, the Maya theory, I prevail are the most advanced in a way that this is new for rock and metal bros. Even though this is the oldest shit in the book for us, it's a new idea for them. But it's also the most acceptable because it's the most bare bone yeah. shit you've ever heard in your entire life, and that's why girl you know teenage girls can like it and their dads and that's why we see families going out to shows oh it's so bizarre man but i I, like i understand i understand alone that's i can get that i can get why that that connects to rock radio i just there's so so many other songs that are just profound mysteries to me like how they got made how they got okayed how people actually (laughs) stream i'm just like who are you people like i want to do an experiment we gotta move on though to our next band Alice Sharp. Number seven, Beartooth, have a new album coming out this year on Red Bull Records, mm-hmm. which is a great fucking label for mm-hmm. a band to be on. Mm-hmm. So, uh, aggressive, interesting album. It did 16,000 first week. That's big for Beartooth, I think, um, for a band that sounds the way they are. That was a good first week. And it's gone on to sell over 50,000 copies. Mm-hmm. Um, Hate it. Big single at rock radio for them. Right. That was huge. I think, was it, it got in the top 10? Did it get in the top five? It got in the top five. five. Yep. Yeah. That was huge. All of a sudden, you know, it kind of like that album kind of slow burned in a way. Like, you know what I mean? Once that single started heating up on rock radio, it uh, got the album selling. And all of a sudden, Beartooth were a big deal again. Because it had kind of felt like they faded for a minute. Absolutely. I it's funny, I have slow burned in my notes as a way to describe the beginning of this right. album cycle because aggressive when it came out, it felt really lackluster. Like upon first release, the first time you heard that album, kids just weren't talking about it the way they were talking about disgusting. But once right. that single took off, man, this album absolutely slow burned and and we saw on Warp Tour this past summer the dates that they played, they had the biggest mm-hmm. crowds out of anyone. And I yeah. think it's time to have the conversation. You know, we're still going to do this episode. Hope maybe potentially next week of the 10 biggest scene bands. And they're in that conversation now. They're in the conversation to potentially be in it. We are not commenting on whether right. or not they're in it. They are, but they are in, in it, the conversation to be. In they, they will be brought up in the argument that Tyler and I will have <laughs> behind the scenes. And we, we will somehow come to a consensus. Um, okay, so hated... You know what I think? Hated uh, connected. I think it just needed like the spotlight shine on it because it kind of connects in the same way that like Beaten and Lips did. You know, like that just that bit. same sentiment of being the outcast. Mm-hmm. I think, and I think that that being the outcast that is a wave that I think Beartooth need to keep right keep uh, riding because Caleb has always kind of been an outcast. You know, he's even talked about that in his days of of Mice and Men when Austin used to pick on him. You know attack, what I mean? Attack. He's always yeah, he's oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Got some revisionist yeah. history on note oh to scene here. God. Yeah. Wow. Too <laughs> many. You imagine Caleb, yeah. shouts to all the, the new vocalists for Shouts to all the ex attack attack bands. Shouts to all, all of you of out there. All of them. All of them. We know you're whatever. out there. You're still doing right it. well. Whatever. Whatever. Right well. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. All right. We gotta move on, Tyler. Next right. band. Number six. Fallout Boy. Oh boy. Um, Oh boy. Okay, here we go. Mania is out January 9th via Island Records. January 19th, I'm sorry. Via Island Records. So far, 
we've gotten Young and Menace flop single. Mm-hmm. Champion flop single. Mm-hmm. Last of the real ones flop single. Mm-hmm. Hold me tighter don't flop single. Mm-hmm. Half the record has come out and it's not sticking. There are <laughs> no hits. It's already been pushed back. It was supposed to come out when? September? Like Yep. Oh my god, really? I thought that was a joke. It really was supposed to come out in September? No, yeah. Like, that, was, that was when geez. the Mania tour happened. They yeah. So, you know, Tyler and I have talked this one to death. I get we really don't, you know, listen to previous episodes. I mean, we've covered just the this is the worst album rollout I think we've ever seen, Tyler, right? This is it's safe to say this is a disaster. A just a complete disaster. They're better off at this point shutting the whole thing down and just disappearing right <laughs> and just not commenting on it ever again like well, why did mania come out pete should just be like what the fuck's mania and interview you know what i mean and they could turn into like the lost mania songs maybe 20 years later like but like i wish this, this album shouldn't come out at this point you know okay and i gotta say like i don't hate these songs they're just it, there's like this fallout boy fatigue right now nobody cares about fallout boy right now and like Young Menace. Remember when that dropped? We were stoked. We were stoked. I like that song, Champion. I still don't I know hate, you it. hate it. Champion. I sucks. like it. I I like Champion. I think it's it's a good anthem song. I heard it played at some sports things. I, it didn't. To me, Champion is just as good as Centuries. Like I like, and this is kind of my point. Last of the real ones. That's okay. And I actually really really like Hold Me t- Hold Me Tight or Don't. I like the Latin pop thing. You're right. I like I like Pete's lyrics. I love the lyric where uh, Patrick's saying, I took too many hits off this memory when he's talking about a girl, you know, and he's talking about how uh, we were never friends. You know, he says we were confidants, but never just friends, implying that, you know, they should be lovers. I actually really enjoy this song. My point is, like, these songs to me are just as good as anything on American Beauty, American Psycho. They're just not sticking to something. I don't think, like, dude, Uma Therma annoys the shit out of me. Centuries annoys the shit out of me. Like Now, but we've heard those songs involuntarily yeah. thousands of times. I just, I don't think these songs are that much worse. I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but I was it's a, not sticking. I was a big fan of American Beauty, American Psycho. I loved that whole album. And it did 192,000 traditional copies first week. With streaming, it did 218. And it had hits. It, went it had Uma Thurman. It had centuries. It went platinum. I mean, it went platinum million records. Right, right, right. So you, when you factor in streaming, SPS, hold platinum. me tighter. Don't is the one that they're trying to push now, and it's it's it's, it's not such going, no. A, it's, it's it's such a cash grab on Latin pop. It's the most the disingenuous is, thing I've ever heard okay, in my entire life. Okay, I'm okay with the disingenuous cash grab. It's supposed to work though, and it's not working. It's not going anywhere. I agree that that bummer. makes it worse. But it's like, that's are you kidding bummer. me, Fallout Boy? You're supposed to like, be the innovators I, here. If they got the number num, if they got in the top ten, you know, I, all of a sudden I'd be like, okay, cool. You know what I mean? I think you might. I think you might even lighten up on them if they at least got it in the top ten. You know, at least you're doing. I'd still hate stuff. it, but I would be thankful that Fallout yeah, Boy is like, having success. They can't even break the top so, forty on top forty radio right now. You know, we just saw Paramore fall so hard. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And I mean, man, like this album is this release is looking worse than the Paramore release, and it's like. My question is: Have pre-orders been open for almost a year at the point this album comes out? I don't. I don't. How is, is that, that legal? legal? Because they scrapped <laughs> the album and then they didn't. They didn't. They did. I don't know. I don't. 
I don't know, man. I if really so, don't know. They could come out with a like this even a bigger first week than American Beauty and American Psycho. There's n- oh let's, my god. All right, let's assume normal pre-orders. Okay, let's What's just a, assume. When did they start? What's a normal let's just, pre-order? Let's just assume. Oh my god, I know. All right, let's just assume. <laughs> let's just take pre-orders out of the conversation for a sec. Okay. First week sales. Where do you see Fall Out Boy coming in at? Those they did two hundred eighty thousand last numbers. Time. There's, there's what? Just, those are first week numbers or pre-orders. They what? matter so much. No, I'm, sa- I'm saying assume normal pre-order numbers. Where do you see them coming in at? <sighs> 100,000. Just like Paramore situation. 100,000. You think they're going to do 100,000? They're going to get cut 50%. Man, I like it just feels so empty right now. Like, hello? Like, no one's listening to Fall Out Boy. Could they go but to like 80 or 90,000? I mean, I, it wouldn't surprise it, me if they did that low. It seems possible. But what's crazy is that they had such high numbers for their album release tour that, <laughs> that they played, you know, yeah. arenas in. And pe- yeah. all these people so, showed out to see Fallout Boy. So maybe people are like low key buying Mania, but just not streaming it or watching it on YouTube or <laughs> listening to it on the radio or talking about it on social media. There's, dude, you know, there's a there's a vacuum around Fallout Boy right now. There's something, they're just not in the conversation. It's just, it's so sad. It's not their time. It's Fallout Boy and, goes through these. We went through Folia Do. There are times when people just. Don't want anything to do with Fall Out Boy. And I think we're going through that period. It's like the Fall Out Boy eclipse. People, we just don't. But this nobody's is, interested. Right? This is different because, you know, we had Folly Ado followed Thanks uh, Infinity on High Up really quickly. And then the album was just bad for Fall Out Boy fans. That's why it's flopped. But now we have this album that is coming as the band has taken a year off. This band didn't exist in 2016. Just... As being a Fall Out Boy fan for as long as they have, I've just, there's just periods, man, where people just don't, they just, people get sick. There's a Fall Out Boy fatigue. It's like a real scene condition. You know? Okay, people so just... if, if, if the band is going through a bit of a, uh, a bit of a fatigue, a bit of a drought right now, can they come back again? Yeah. Yeah. It's just like right now, they need to be, they need to go pull up, they need to be doing another state of rock and roll right now. Like, clearly... The minute Young and Menace didn't connect, or at, at least maybe the minute Champion didn't connect, they should have just disappeared. You know what I mean? When they and when they three, push and back three the album. years later, yeah, three years later, we all are like, oh, where's Fall Out Boy been? Oh yeah, we fucking love that band. Remember these hits they had, you know? And instead, yeah. they're just pushing out these these hits that no one cares about, and it, it, it's really unfortunate. Yeah. I wonder, I didn't go to any of the Fall Out Boy shows or anything, but I would love to hear, if any listeners went, I would love to hear what those shows were like. Was it everyone just waiting to hear the hits, or were there people there that were actually, like, into the new shit to, yeah. to hear? because based on the numbers we're seeing, you just, you can't even imagine that they're aware that those songs are out, you know? It's like, I know, I know, so right. I, I almost we feel gotta, like it's like a Taking Back Sunday show now. So. We gotta move on, Tyler Sharp, to our next band, number five. State Champs uh, album coming out on Pure Noise Records. Where are you at with State Champs right now, Tyler? They really should be. Re- they really, champs? really should not be releasing this album on Pure Noise Records. Their last album did thirteen thousand first week. It did roughly like forty five thousand on the cycle. Can no, it's State... actually it's actually over sixty. 
What? Really? Yeah. Oh, my numbers yeah. ended at 45,000. Okay. Well, Jack that's... Numbers very recently. They've, they've sold over 60, which is very impressive. For that, a that is a lot more impressive than 45,000. The question here is, can state champs save pop punk? I, I, nah. I have no reason to believe that this band can do anything for the genre. Their songs just no. aren't strong enough. Yeah, they lack they lack they lack the big hits. But I think I think they have a really good singer that's going for them. He's decent. You just think he's just decent. He's not good. I mean, he's a very unique pop punk frontman. I would say that. And with the songs that they're writing, I don't think it fits as well as it could. The best song this band ever wrote was Elevated, and I feel like they peaked with the hype of that album cycle. So they need to get off pure noise. Yes, obviously they've reached just like the story so far. They're at this point in their career where that label—it's not to hate on. We're not trying to hate on pure noise. No, you know, they're good for young pop punk bands. But once a band gets to a certain size, you know, like State Champs should probably be on Hopeless right now. You know, State Champs could even be on a major right now. But um, I li- I forget I'm, that they're I'm, on pure noise. Yeah, like I I am anticipating this. I, I want to I wanna believe, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. You know? <laughs> As with any of these releases, I want to see a band succeed. Any band Absolutely. we talk about, I would, I, we just need it at this point. The scene needs a band to succeed. And if, it, if State Champs no, is that kidding. band, okay, all right, Matt. If State Champs kidding. is that band, go for it. But I just don't see it. Give me proof, State Champs, if anyone from that camp is listening. I need some proof you on know, this album. They're really at, they're at, the crucial crossroads of are they going to become a real friends or are they going to become a real band mm-hmm. you know what i mean they could just become a fucking 10,000 first week real friends for the rest of their career or they could you know they could do something they could make a move you just they need some hits they need some really catchy songs yep. they've got a rabid fan base yep state champ fans are crazy I know. you ever go to a state champ show it's all crazy girls. You know what I mean? Like, they, they got it going on. They know what they're doing. They just, uh, they need some more songs to connect. All right, let's move on to our next band, number four. Five Seconds of Summer. Remember this band? Who? Do you remember this? Yeah, Who? Like from like, 01. Uh, they have a new album coming out on Capitol Records again, I believe. The last record, uh, sounds good, feels good. Did 192,000 first week. And that was a drop, right, mm-hmm. from the one before that, self-titled, which uh, I think did two hundred, close to 300,000 first week or mm-hmm. something absurd, right? It was mm-hmm. huge. That record went gold and everything. Um, so they're making music again. It's been a while. I have no idea what is going on with this band and why they are you know, ruining their careers the way they are. It's definitely a bit of an issue, and I think it's safe to say that Pop Punk's chosen ones have fallen. I'm really just not expecting much from this album because I've completely forgot about this band and they have fallen out of the conversation for an entire year when they should have been trying to rebound from it, the uh, failure-ish of Sounds Good, Feels yeah, Good. Yeah, fa- failure-ish because like there were fun, like like she's kind of hot with fun, right? The, and the whole and My Chemical mm-hmm. Romance conversation around it. Right. But like it wasn't a hit. There weren't like, any hits. They haven't had a hit since... She, she looks so perfect right you know what i mean and that was like a perfect fucking summer hit man like everyone who was obsessed with that song when it came out 
like the casual fans who were just like byproducts of a hit have forgotten about this band that's the problem they had going into this album they still do have that crazy 1d fan base though right so i mean they're they're always going to show out so So, but let me see yeah my question is they have to become a pop band now right well yeah the last record we saw them pivot more to rock with songs like she's kind of hot you know they tried to be more edgier and rock and punk um but let's see let's see what the band has to say about it they give a quote um i think this is to uh p magazine oh okay uh oh yeah billboard this is billboard michael clifford Uh, he says new singles i would say really 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 early in the new year okay so new single is coming really soon apparently like maybe january maybe february Beastie Boys ish, he describes it as. Oh, I think we're no. just trying to find something. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's oh, not a good. No. He says we're just trying to find something that fits into the modern pop streaming market, but also has something that we love and want to play for our fans. I think we've found it. So I mean, that's kind of a promising statement. I don't know where the, what he means by Beastie Boys ish though. Like, yeah, that's, we're see some, that's some the raps o- that's the only part of this quote that matters of course every artist who's releasing new music is going to say it's good but it's what they compare it to is what matters and that is absolutely terrifying i'm still looking forward to it like i i i'm always going to be excited to see what this band puts out i had hope at one point you know that they were going to be that band it looked you know they brought a pop punk song to radio again and that was fun and that was exciting it was like a, a, you know, the scene was starting to taper down. We weren't in this crash yet, but right. things hadn't been that great. You know, Pierce were missing. We didn't know where the fuck they were, you mm-hmm. know, and Bring Me probably hadn't came back yet. And it was like, oh, this is happening. Cool. A pop punk band is on the radio. And it turns out it was just like one last nice thing we got before every other nice thing got broken. But um, <laughs> so I'm looking forward to this album. I, yeah, like you said, I like to see them become a pop, like a pop band or something like that. I don't know. We'll see. How to, uh, could, could you imagine if they drop an album with no guitars on it? <laughs> oh man, it'd be, it's so funny. The people, the, the backlash and the backlash, the backlash. Right. This band right. Is oh my god, can you imagine people calling out Five Seconds of Summer for not being cred enough? Like the full circle. What a world. What a world that would be. Yeah. Good shit. Okay, number three. Bring Me the Horizon. Have a new album coming out this year on their major label, Columbia Records. If you've forgotten, they're not on Epitaph anymore. Um That's the Spirit was the fucking biggest deal. It sold sixty thousand copies first week, somewhere around there. It's nearing about three hundred thousand copies total sold in the US. Happy Song was a big rock radio hit for them. Mm-hmm. Um, songs like Drown and Throne were f- just fucking huge singles from them on the internet, mm-hmm. you know? And um, Bring Me had, like, the best run probably of any scene band, I'd say, you know, mm-hmm. of the last few years. And I don't want to have this conversation before we do the biggest scene bands episode, but this... If you heard our very first Biggest Scene Band episode, (laughs) this band is the conversation for one of the biggest scene bands right now. That's what I'll say. Yes, they're in the conversation for one of the biggest scene bands. So the question, right, the question here with this Bring Me album is, do they break out? And what do they have to do to break out? Because that's where this band is at at this point. Mm -hmm. They don't want to be in the scene anymore. They're not going to play Warp Tour. They want to go play fucking... 
Coachella and 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 Lollapalooza and shit and just be the heaviest band in those worlds out there. So my thing is, I want more Doomed. I want more Oh No. I want more Follow You. And to a lesser extent, I want another Drown. I don't think if they just come back with songs like Happy Song and Throne and True Friends, mm-hmm. while they're great songs, I just think they're going to corner themselves into a dying rock market. Because if you listen to those riffs on those songs, I was revisiting this album for this episode. Those riffs are just the most stock rock riffs, and they're so fucking fat, and I love it. But it's just a dying world. They need to keep looking forward. And I think those songs that I mentioned were propositions for the band to move in that direction. So I'm really hoping they're going to take it and run with it. And they have a lot of people on their team that are hopefully going to push them in the right direction i'm on the complete opposite Uh, side i want like i want like uh i'm on the complete opposite side of you um i want like drown throne drown throne drown (laughs) throne happy song like i'm just i'm down for more of that you know i like drown was i'll just never forget that day it came out what a great song it was that's why i put it in those songs that i want because it's just undeniably great. And Throne was just like such a fucking curveball. Oh my god, I'll never forget the day that came out. I just played it over and over and over again. And it was like, we like were, yeah, we can be Lincoln Park if we want. It was the day after APMA's 2015, and you and I were sitting in your office when that song came yeah. out. And then we went out to it, lunch after that. And then you came so, back and you said it was the greatest song you've heard in the last 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> I told I remember saying that. Yeah, it it's uh, I played it to death too. And then pro- I think probably like 4 days later, I was like I can't listen to this anymore. Like I just, I think it was one of those songs, you know, where you ever get in that where it's oh, yeah. in the car just repeat yep. for days. Like yep. days. That's the only thing I'm going to listen to. Yeah. I did that with Throne and um yeah, so I I kind of wanted to just I kind of want I'm on the opposite side of you. I want to see bring me like have fun and make fun rock records like this um i want to see them just fucking like be that rock band you know let's 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 get rid of imagine dragons you know what i mean let's push them aside let's push bring me up there they could do they could get rid of imagine dragons with more songs like doomed yeah i i I disagree with you on that but um we we should move on to our next band tyler all right all right number two the death of a bachelor (laughs) or as they're also known, Panic at the Disco. I almost feel like Death of a Bachelor is like post-2015 Panic at the Disco's nickname. You know what I mean? It's like a different band almost. The Death of a Bachelor era. Sure as hell is now with Dallin out of the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Dallin has been officially removed. Uh, that's how we'll say it. <laughs> from the ba- Yeah, he was, pro- he, was, uh, he was properly removed from the band, right? Uh-huh. Brendan and, is just uh, a savage. <laughs> you know, Brendan, I've talked to Brendan a lot when I when I worked at AP. Uh-huh. And he's seriously the nicest musician I've ever met. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of these guys are assholes. And I'll tell you, you know, when, when they're assholes. But Brendan, I've, ne- I've just never known him to be a mean person. So, you know, I don't know what happened with Dallin getting kicked out of the band. I don't think Brendan's a dick, but... You know, I'm th- I'm thinking maybe you know Dallin was his star was starting to rise, you know, and he was becoming maybe he kind of wanted to be more involved in this in the in this next Panic record is what I'm thinking, and mm-hmm. 
that's not what this is about. You Mm-mm. know, it. This is Panic 2.0, Panic rebooted. This is the Brendan show. This is what it's been since. This is gospel. You, you know, Dad, I think if you tried to have any influence over Panic, Panic's whole team, Crush Music, all of them are going to just <laughs> you swarm down and get them the fuck out of that band. You know, I agree that um, my interactions that I've had with Brendan and the things I've heard, super down to earth, nice guy, good guy. But when it gets down to business time, that dude don't fuck around. And uh, I feel like Dallin Star was beginning to shine too bright. And he really, you know, he had his own fan base. He started that bullshit side project with X Falling in Reverse Drummer, whatever the hell his name is. Um, like you said, this is Brendan at the disco now. This isn't Brendan and Dallin at the disco. So yeah. when someone's starting to take over that. Brendan and Dallin at the disco. That's probably some weird fanfic on Tumblr somewhere. Oh, God. You know um, that exists. Yeah. So. Shouts to Milkfic. <laughs> so when. You know, when 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 he's got a band member that's starting to rise more, I feel like, you know, when he's may or may not be pulling some of the light away from him, which is the ultimate focus and the ultimate selling point of Panic at the Disco, I think he just puts the kibosh on things and uh I, I think I would put I would put more of the blame on his team than him. I mean I just, I definitely think that's part of it. I definitely and I don't I don't think I don't think Brendan Urie is in any position to be threatened by Dallin Weeks. Like, <laughs> I don't the think dude, so either, yes, but... he had a little following, but like Brendan Urie's right. a fucking megastar. And, you know, I could see him trying to maybe be more involved musically, though, in that not flying. You I, know, like, sure. hey, I actually want to write on this record. Oh, no, you, you, you sorry, Dallin, you get to make zero decisions. For you know? sure. You but get I to, feel like you get to play live. If there wasn't beef there, Brendan would have stopped it. You know, Brendan, if it was yeah. just the label's decision, Brendan would have well, stopped it from happening. Well, there's obviously, there, there's beef there because in Dallin's statement, right, um, right. you know, we're supposed to be talking about the new Panic record. <laughs> and we're talking <laughs> about beef. But in Dallin's statement, he uh, thanks, he's very like, he's like, I thank, you know, the label, I thank the team. He thanks everybody but Brendan in his statement about leaving the band, which I found that to be odd. Yeah. Why wouldn't you thank Brendan Yuri, who is the only reason this band exists? Right. But so, okay, right. so panic. So I have I have two questions here. Okay, two for this new album. Can Panic at the Disco have a top forty hit? And they're already playing stadiums. Can they overtake Twenty One Pilots? Okay, so they had a really, really damn impressive twenty sixteen, right? Absolutely. Um, Death of a Bachelor did 190,000 first week which wow mm-hmm. right it went platinum um i looked this up it was the 12th best selling album of 2016 i believe it i believe that's it was wild huge it was huge. it was huge so to answer your question tyler i don't know if they can overtake 21 pilots like we're we're yet to you know we'll see we have to see what that band does for that's a big statement to make you know, I mean, we have an episode but, um, called that. So yeah, <laughs> but if anyone um, started that conversation. It was us. It's at, yeah. It's as we get close to these two bands releasing albums side by side. I don't know. You, you know, you just it's tough to compare because Twenty One Pilots just as far as singles go, it's not even close. Right. You know of I mean? course. Yeah. When it comes to that, I mean, they just destroy Panic. But, you know... I'm trying to think, what has been Panic's highest chart? Was it Hallelujah? Hallelujah? Hallelujah. Yeah, the first single. Oh. That's what I would guess. If not that, that's, then the title I, track. But I think, yeah, that was their highest charting single. I did hear uh, Don't Threat Me With A Good Time a lot on okay. rock radio. But okay. I don't think it made top 40. 
Okay. Um, Victorious. That that had to chart, right? Did it? I, I I don't know. I feel like it had to though. It was so good. It was definitely God. That album so is just chock full of bangers. Okay. The point is, Panic are bigger than they have ever been. It's insane. Yes. And they're about to put out an album, and they could just become one of the biggest bands ever. And it's very interesting. Yes. Um. Absolutely. Let's move on to our next band. The number one most anticipated scene album of the year will surprise no one. <laughs> 21 Pilots, the biggest band to ever exist. <laughs> will never escape 21 Pilots. They own you for life. The click is forever. But they, they, they may have left, and they may be huge world superstars, but they started here in this scene. Absolutely. Right in Cleveland, right in Ohio, Columbus. So, check this out. Blurry Face was... Remember how Panic was the 12th best-selling album of 2016? Oh, God. Blurry Face was the 10th best-selling album of 2016. And it came out in 2015. Oh, yep, yep, (laughs) yep. They just, that is how insane. And to compare 21 Pilots to Panic the Disco like we were, you know, Death of a Bachelor has gone platinum, Blurry Face has gone triple platinum. And it's <laughs> is probably well on its way to, you know, four times platinum. Which is funny because they had the lower first week. They had 147,000 first week. But That's what's so they got the biggest here. singles. They had all the big... Uh-huh. It's, all in the, it's all in the hits. It's you make the hits, the hits, you move units. That's what's so, so interesting, though. It was like going into Blurry Face. This 21 Pilots were big, but they weren't big, big, you know? This cycle just they were blew like them up. Bubbling. Yeah. Yeah, they were like well, they were just right where they needed to be. Yep. And they put out the correct songs at the correct time. Yep. And it just and it's funny cuz the first single um fairly local didn't hit. Right. Know? That right. one missed. Right. But the next one stressed uh, out. Was it stressed out or tearing my heart? I thought I'm pretty sure they put out Which stressed out with first? the album announcement, but I don't know how many okay. Lucy's they put out before that. Stressed out, just fucking. I mean, like that. that I mean, is that the was the greatest just, song ever written. In, apparently, inescapable. <laughs> yeah, inescapable. And um, tearing my heart was so huge. Mm-hmm. And you know, they had all these huge singles. They they were even fucking like pushing a heavy dirty soul at the end there, and it, it made a legitimate <laughs> run at radio. Yeah, like, it was totally. like doing well. Totally. Are you guys kidding? That was like their seventh single off the album or something ridiculous. At that point, but why um, not? just when you like, right when you thought like they were done with the album singles, out of nowhere, Heathens becomes their biggest song ever, uh-huh. bigger than probably bigger than Stressed Out. Heathens was that I think as far as top forty goes, I think that's their highest charting single. Yeah, it was everywhere. It's just... and uh, you know we learned from a little interview with Josh with uh, not Josh uh, Tyler that that was supposed to be one of the lead singles from the next album. So it gives you kind of an interesting perspective on maybe where the band are headed. Maybe some darker themes we're going to get which is, from them. Which is interesting because Blurry Face was already darker than Vessel. Like there yeah. was some, there was some, I, I don't know if I'd say optimism in Vessel, but it was, felt like a lighter record. Blurry Face, just, oh, there was so much yeah. weight in Blurry Face. Blurry Face, face is dark. But like Heathens is like gritty and like Hers, nasty. Heathens is just you know grim. I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's very grim. My big thing with Twenty One Pilots is the sonics versus the thematics, and I I still stand by this statement. I made it when they dropped Blurry Face. Without their lyrics, Twenty One Pilots would have much less of a fan base, and they wouldn't be as near as big as they are. So the question is, can Twenty One Pilots 
keep it going? Can they continue the success train? And well, I think Heathen the... showed us that blurry face and the hype wasn't a fluke. No, yeah, no. They're a thing. They're going to be around. The problem is, though, Logic. Say it, like, man. Logic yep. already he just did him dirty. You yep. know what I mean? Yeah. He did him dirty. Like, that Logic song, that was supposed to be the lead 21 Pilots. <laughs> I mean, that, you... it's their message. It's their whole, it's an anti-suicide message. It, it has the fucking car radio piano like in it you know what i mean it's uh-huh. like what'd you tell spoke? me when it came out tyler joseph lays awake at night yeah like <laughs> staring at the ceiling <laughs> wishing he wrote that song <laughs> yeah it's kind it's kind of like it's kind of like post you know putting out rockstar and uzi just losing right his mind. right right Secretly. totally totally just how that happened a couple times this year that in 2017 what an interesting year but uh yeah so can they keep it going probably i'd say probably how about you I think it's a safe bet <laughs> to go. Like to if go you're going to bet on the pound, yeah, it's good. yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's really but, good one to bet. Okay. Um, any other thoughts on Twenty One Pilots? Though? I don't think so. I'm so interested in this year, man. We have a lot riding on 2018 for the scene, man. There's a, there's it's a lot. All that's go- it's all riding all, on this year. Can all we of this we just talked about has to succeed or it's over. Like <laughs> everything is riding on 2018. Um, it wouldn't be no to scene. Without a pop story. So uh, we just really quickly want to discuss our most anticipated pop album of 2018. Tyler, what is it? It is Selena Gomez. The girl. The girl. The home girl. The home girl. The wolves girl. (laughs) You know, she really like struggled to find her musical career for a long time. A long time. And... Revival kind of found her in this like mid-range pop star where she finally started to have success with songs like Look Good For You and Can't Keep My Hands To Myself. And, but she wasn't like, you know, Katy Perry big or, right. you know, Taylor Swift big yet. But then in the last like year, she started pairing up with EDM DJs and it's working really well for her. She had that smash hit with Kygo, It Ain't, it Ain't Me. Now she has another smash with... Uh, with Marshmallow called Wolves. And it's like, she's making, I, I I didn't realize it, but in earlier this year, she had a really sweet song called Fetish that's like really dark. And I didn't mm-hmm. realize she's making really good dark pop. Like we finally have our dark pop princess <laughs> we've been dying for. Yep. Who thought it would have been Selena? She's like, when I, when I really examined her music, I'm like, oh my God, this is dark pop. This is right. great. Right, yeah. She's doing it. She's doing the sad emo dark pop you know melodies and everything it's great and um i just want a whole album of it i can't wait i know i'm very excited to see what she's got for a full length and uh i'm glad that she's finally having success for years and years this girl has just burned as like a bubbling under everyone is aware of selena gomez as she's she's more of a celebrity than a musician right exactly and this is and now the songs are finally becoming undeniable right and it wouldn't be a true note to scene episode if we didn't make a connection. So shout out to her scene days. She also played in a band called Selena Gomez in the scene. And before that, she featured on a Fair with Sigas Kids song. She's She's been intertwined throughout her early career hey man, in the scene. Selena Gomez in the scene, naturally, that song cuts, man. <laughs> that song fucking burns. I will she rep some, some of that back Selena then, Gomez man. in the scene. Yep. I was about it. Like I was like, all right, let's make this happen. But it, it fucking didn't happen. It, it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad at the end. But yeah, super happy for Selena, especially everything she went through with her health issues this year. She had a, such a successful year despite it all. And uh, I'm really excited to see what she's got in store for 2018 
All right. Well, that is it for the show this week, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy the podcast, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. If you have any questions for the show, send them in to note to scene at gmail.com. We will see you next week. Bye.